Should your parents sell their house and buy a condo? Well, find out on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about a popular question that might come up every time that you're at a family gathering of any type. And depending on when you're listening to this episode, you might have been coming out of a number of family gatherings because it is early January at time of recording 2017. And a lot of people are just getting back into the swing of things, myself included, after an extended um, Christmas, New Year's uh, holiday break. And at those times, you're often in uh, various meals and parties and, and settings with your family. And I don't know about you, but if uh, if you're like me, then a t- popular topic around the uh, dinner table is always real estate. And with respect to um, the older generation and aging parents and this sort of thing, the question is often, what are we going to do? Is it time to downsize? Is it time to uh, sell the house and buy a condo? Well, I wanted to give some thoughts on that subject uh, to you here today. And first of all, I want to look at why this is often um, something that comes up. Why do why would it be that um, somebody might be thinking about selling their house and buying a condo instead? Well, I think the number one thing, as I mentioned, is downsizing, or as some people are now calling it, right sizing, whatever that means. Uh, downsizing, right sizing, just feeling the need to have a smaller space, not needing as much space anymore. The kids have moved out. They moved on, they have families of their own, that sort of thing. Uh, another popular reason, sick of, uh, you're sick of house maintenance or responsibilities of owning a house, owning a property. Obviously, owning a condo is much less responsibility than owning a house. Um, too much space or overwhelmed. Overwhelming is, is a common adjective. I hear a lot of people talking about just being overwhelmed with the amount of space that was once... Um, fill with people and kids and now is empty and is just sort of a sense of overwhelm at uh, having to um, manage and live in and take care of more space than you need. How about um, you want to travel more, lifestyle choices, Um, you just want to have more freedom and flexibility that would come uh, seemingly with owning a condo versus owning a house. So not having to think about the house or, or the property as you are traveling around and, and doing more things in your retirement years. Uh, a big one is cashing out. This idea of, is it time to cash out of the property? And to, um, that's a common phrase that I hear is, is you've got all this money sitting in there and you want to cash it out like a cha-ching. There goes the register. Time to uh, cash in your biggest chip, so to speak. Um, uh, another one is stairs, just having to deal with, uh, stairs in a property. And as you get older and your knees and body starts to, um, not work as well as it used to just the appeal of not having to live in a, in a property with stairs going up the elevator, living on a single floor. It's certainly an appealing, uh, way to live if you're in that stage of life. The idea of a new start or just a fresh start, Um, again, the kids are gone um, and you're sort of in the same place. They've all moved out, but you're still in the same place. 
maybe it's time for you to have a, a new start, a fresh start as well. Um, social pressures. So your maybe your friends are all doing it, or you perceive that your friends are all doing it. And your friends have taken the leap and have sold their homes and buying condos. Um, so social uh, social pressures there. You want to be uh, near them or hang out with with where they are in a building or in an area of town where they're now living in their condos. Uh, maybe you want to be closer to your kids or closer to your grandkids. So maybe you live in one part of the city uh, or one town and um, your kids and their families have moved to another part of the city, another town. And so you're thinking you want to be closer to where they are and buying a condo near them might make sense. Um, the what ifs, what ifs, the what if scenarios. So your mind starts to go to, well, I'm getting older. Um, you know, what if, uh, what if the roof needs to be replaced? What if the furnace breaks? What if my windows leak? Um, what if, uh, the, the fridge dies or whatever? Um, you start thinking about all the unexpected expenses and cash flowing issues of owning a home. Um, and that's, that's where your mind is starting to go. Uh, the neighborhood has changed. So the neighborhood has turned over. Again, you maybe in an area, it's all young families and you, uh, your parents or you are um, not obviously young family anymore and your kids are all gone and just the feeling of the neighborhood has changed and uh, just don't belong here is, is the same way that we used to. Um, maybe you want to be closer to healthcare um, providers, uh, doctors, um and uh, nurses and hospitals and other, other things that become more important as we age later in life and other amenities related to um, um, health and, and wellness needs. Uh, property taxes. Property taxes are getting too high. Again, in the retirement years, uh, being on uh, fixed incomes in most cases, um, then uh, things like property taxes begin to take a take a mental toll, and the thought of those those going up while your income is is not going up. But I think the biggest thing. So those are some of the reasons why people are thinking about. And maybe some of those are really ringing true with you. Maybe there's others. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I see that I, I want to address in this episode, not so much the lifestyle um, or the psychological uh, aspects of it, but more so the looking at it from a purely financial perspective and trying to give you some advice, some free advice uh, and some hopefully something that's useful to you is to encourage you to look at it purely from a financial perspective, just looking at the dollars and cents of it and when it comes to this decision. And I think that's that's around that's surrounding the big the big why of this idea that and it touches on a lot of the points I mentioned is that feeling like you need the money. Why are you feeling the urge to sell your house and to buy a condo? It's feeling like you need the money. Um, you need uh, that. You want to cash it out. Uh, it's it's time to uh, to not have to worry about finances anymore. And you feel like the solution to that, you're sitting on a pile of cash and you just want to get that cash out of your house and into your pocket. And you feel like that would be a great thing to do. Um, I, what I would say is that uh, really the, the problem behind the problem that people are looking at is not that they need the money, not that they need the cash. It's that they need the cash flow. 
there is a difference there. You don't need cash. You actually need cash flow. So um, you need money coming in on a regular basis to sustain a high quality um, of life as you continue to age and as you are no longer working and earning an income, an income that is that you know the decades previously had been coming in, but also growing most likely with each year um, as you've taken on new jobs and new careers and as you've just grown over the decades, your money, your income would increase. Uh, and now you're in a sort of more of a fixed income stage of life. And so what I would suggest is you're not, not that you need money, but that not that you need cash, but that you need cash flow. So I want to talk about some potential ways that you can uh, get that cash flow and, 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 uh, and address that problem, which is the need for cash flow um, in this uh, episode here today. But to answer the question of should your parents sell their house and buy a condo, uh, before I get into my uh, two or three um, potential solutions here that I want to present to you and, and as ideas for you to bring to your parents or yourself, depending on who, who you are listening to this podcast, but I suspect that most people listening to this podcast are similar to me. They are condo investors at the stage of life you're in your 20s 30s and 40s and so your parents are um, at that stage of life in their 60s 70s and 80s where they are um, looking at uh, looking at potentially selling their house and buying a condo so should your parents sell their house and buy a condo well not to be a cop-out but the answer is maybe it really as I, as I mentioned, all the many factors and reasons why they might be looking at doing that, there's not one be-all, set-all answer as to whether they should or not. Um, it really depends on many different things in their situation. Uh, but the number one principle that I want to convey to you here in this episode is this, that the single-family home in the GTA, in the greater Toronto area, is a rapidly appreciating asset. It's for most people, it's the biggest asset that they have. And so the principle that I want to tell you here is um, you should hold on to that asset as long as you can. Okay. So the single family home is a rapidly appreciating, appreciating asset. And you should hold on to that asset for as long as you can. So uh, my answer then, in effect, is look for ways to not sell your house. Look for ways to hold on to your house, especially if it is the only property that you own um, or that your parents own. Uh, now, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you are a condo investor or a um, uh, would-be condo investor, you're preparing yourself to make that first investment and you're looking to build a portfolio of properties over time, most likely when you reach the stage that your parents are in, this will really not be an issue at all um, from a financial perspective, maybe from a lifestyle perspective or psychological or other, but from a financial perspective, you are taking care of yourself for the future by buying investment properties today so that when you do reach um, that stage of life in your 60s, 70s, 80s, when you are um, thinking about that uh, downsizing decision, um, you've got properties that are 
giving you that cash flow every single month. So you do not need to worry about this idea of cashing out and needing the money um, are not, uh, are, are not going to be concerned to you, assuming that you have invested wisely and that you've held your properties over a long period of time. You're going to put yourself in a fantastic position when you are at that age to not have any concerns about cash flow um, coming in every month. Or even if if uh, if you are thinking about selling your house at that point and moving into a condo, you've already got several condos that you own, uh, and you can probably just move into one of those condos that you already own if if you choose to do that. Um, so it's uh, it's good to have you here. I'm glad you're with me, and uh, that is what I'm doing with uh, my long term financial plan. And, and um, I trust that most people, most of you listening, are also thinking along the same lines and, and wanting to invest in condos today for the similar reasons. Now, um, let's get to my uh, first potential solution here that I want to present to you. Instead of, uh, again, that the idea of holding on to that asset as long as you can. So instead of selling your house and buying a condo, um, number one, I want to say, think about uh, using your home equity to solve your cash flow problem. Okay, so use your home equity, your your HELOC, your home equity line of credit HELOC, to solve your cash flow problem. So most people, if they're thinking again, they're thinking about selling their house. It's because they have a cash flow problem. They need more cash coming in every month. So those same people, most of them have a tremendous amount of equity in their homes. And a lot of people, their homes are completely paid off. They have no mortgage on them by the time that they are, again, in their 60s and 70s, certainly in their 80s. Uh, not too many people in their 80s with mortgages, uh, thankfully. Um, but uh, getting back to what I was saying, so use your HELOC to solve your cash flow problem. We're in an ex- incredibly great um, time in the sense that mortgage rates are so low, interest rates are so low, we as investors can take advantage of that. We can borrow money at very low rates and invest it at much higher rates, and it's uh, it's a great opportunity. So this also holds true for um, using your home equity line of credit. Let's say um, you wanted to, you know, let's say for most people, I think a thousand dollars a month. A thousand dollars a month would be a tremendous help. Um, for most people in their sort of retirement years, having an extra $1,000 a month of income would be a tremendous help to sustain their lifestyle and to um, put aside any potential worries that they might have of uh, of, um, uh, of being able to uh, sustain themselves and live a high quality of life and, and fulfill all their obligations from month to month. So let's say you want to get an extra $1,000 a month. Well, you could borrow, with the interest rates being what they are, they're approximately 3% for home equity line of credit. You could take $1,000 a month out of your home, tax-free. Again, this is key. This is money coming into your pocket tax-free. So if you take $1,000 a month out, you are paying the government nothing. You are um, you're getting $1,000 out and you're putting $1,000 into your pocket. You're not having to pay the government any taxes on that, which is a huge benefit of HELOCs. Um, 
And so you're getting $1,000 a month, $12,000 a year tax-free at 3%. How much does that cost you in interest payments? Again, advantage of a HELOC, you can pay interest only. Uh, you do not have to pay the principal um, portion. So uh, interest-only payments on $1,000 a month, so let's say $12,000 in a year. So $12,000... Uh, it would be 30, it works out to $30 a month, $30 a month you pay to get $12,000 per year of extra income, um, cash in your pocket, you know, again, no taxes on that $12,000. So $30 a month, $30 a month, of course, is hardly anything. It's not even a cable bill um, these days. Now, obviously you're if you're going to do that and you're going to collect interest, uh, you're going to collect debt over time and that debt will grow. If you took out a thousand dollars a month, every month over several years, that amount of debt is going to continue to grow. And let's say you're just paying the interest only. So let's say you took a thousand dollars a month out for 10 years, every month for 10 years. So that's $120,000 over 10 years. How much interest would you pay over 10 years? Well, I've done the math for you and the interest you would pay over 10 years, the, the total interest over 10 years would be just under $20,000, $19,840. So let's call it 20,000. Um, so you'd be paying $20,000 in interest payments on a monthly basis, that interest payment would grow um, with each, uh, month that goes by over those 10 years, if you only paid the interest and did not pay the principal down at all. So you'd be getting a thousand dollars a month for every month for 10 years. And, uh, you would pay a total of $20,000 interest payments over those 10 years. And, uh, after the 10 years, of course, you would, um, you would still have a bill of $120,000. Uh, but you, um, you would maintain a very high quality of life over those 10 years. Now, let's say now, now, um, you're saying, well, you know, the debt is bad. You might be thinking, why would I do that? Andrew, uh, that doesn't make sense. We should be paying things in cash, not using, not using our house like a credit card, um, to, to buy things, but what you're missing out here is that over a 10 year period, do you think your property is going to increase in value? Yes or no? Well, I think there's a 95% probability it will increase in value and it will probably increase in value significantly. 10 years is a very long period of time. It may go up, it may go down in some years over the next 10 years. But if you look at any 10 year period um, in the Toronto real estate market over the last forever, uh, there's really no, it's never been a case where a property hasn't gone up in value from year one to year 10. Um, in fact, if you look at the long-term appreciation rates for the GTA, they are about 6% per year. If you look over the last 50 years or so, um, probably a little bit higher than 6%, but we'll call it 6% a year is the long-term average. So over a 10-year period, you can assume that um, your property is probably going to appreciate at about 6% a year on average. So let's say you had a home that was worth 
a modest amount in GTA of say $500,000 today, 10 years from now, if you were to do this plan, 10 years from now, that house would be worth at a, again, a modest appreciation rate average of 6%, not even taking to account to into account compounding. Um, you're looking at about, let's say $800,000 in 10 years. So 500 K today, 6% a year for 10 years, 800,000. So that is an increase in value of $300,000. So if you were to, if you were selling that property today to cash out, so-called you'd be losing $300,000 of appreciation over the next 10 years. Okay. Uh, that $300,000 of appreciation would um, obviously much, much more than pay for the $120,000 of debt that you had incurred over the uh, 10 years of maintaining a high quality life. And also the, uh, it, would, it would obviously more than pay for the, uh, the $20,000 of interest as well. And you'd have um, about $160,000 still left over in, um, in increase to property value after you've paid off those new obligations. So why I like this solution, it, let's talk about what are the good, good aspects of this solution. One, it, it keeps the asset. That's the most important thing I talked about is it maintains ownership of the appreciating asset. That is your house. Um, you don't have to move obviously. So it's a seamless transition where there is no transition, you just stay in your home, which I think is appealing to a lot of people and takes a lot of stress out of it um, to be able to just simply, you know, age in place as it, as it were and stay in your home. Um, you're taking advantage of a low interest rate environment. Again, this advice makes sense today. If interest rate situation changes over the next 10 years, which it perhaps might, um, then this advice might not uh, bear as much weight, but it makes sense right now. It's certainly something you can strategy you can change on the fly. Um, so yeah, those are, those are some of the key reasons why I like that solution there, and something for you to maybe consider and think about for your situation. That's number one. Number two um, solution here that to consider is when it comes to the question of should you sell your house and buy a condo. Number two is consider this: rent a condo but keep your house. So rent a condo, but keep your house. So basically in this scenario, you would keep your house and rent it out to, to a tenant. And you would then move yourself into a condo that you rent. So rent your house and rent a condo. And in this scenario, obviously, again, you're, um, what I like about it is that you're keeping the asset, you're maintaining ownership of a rapidly appreciating asset that is your house. You are also enjoying the lifestyle of living in a condo because you've moved into a condo um, and you get to enjoy the condo lifestyle, the simple living and single floor, no stairs, um, low maintenance, you know, lock the door and you're gone sort of lifestyle. Also, you are a renter. And when you are a renter, you have sort of the ultimate freedom. You can um, come and go as you please. You could move into one apartment and if you don't like it, just simply move into another. Uh, within a month or within uh, two months notice, you can you can be gone. 
Um, you could decide to move to a different city. You could move to a different country. You could you have that freedom and flexibility if you are a renter. Um, so there's certainly advantages there from a lifestyle perspective. Um, and it's also a try it before you buy it sort of opportunity where you can um, you can uh, try the condo lifestyle, see if it if if it appeals to you. You might find that you hate it and you don't like living in a condo, and some people do, and they they sell the house and they move into a condo and they're stuck. They wish they could go back and and they miss their yard or their garage or whatever it may be. Um, some people obviously absolutely love it, but, uh, it, it may not be for you. So it's a try it before you buy it sort of a scenario. And again, in this, uh, in this idea, the concept would be that the, um, you would be renting out your house for a, the same or very similar amount to what you would be renting out a condo for. So your monthly expenses are a wash and, um, and that's, that's a good way to, to hold that, um, hold that property. And, and again, the principle here with owning a single family home is that, uh, doing this as opposed to selling your home and then buying a condo, the principle again is that, um, the, your home is going to appreciate at a higher rate over a long period of time. It's going to appreciate at a higher rate than a condo will. So you've already got the asset, you've already owned it. Why would you get rid of it to, get into a um, lesser asset, um, as it were. It's very difficult, obviously, for people to enter into the housing market today, uh, which is one of the reasons why condos are doing so well, is, is people can't afford houses and they're now shifting to condos. But um, it has always been and it will always be that houses will appreciate, generally speaking, at a faster rate than um, condos will over the long term. Not to say that condos won't appreciate. Obviously, that's completely untrue. But if you look at appreciation rates over time, um, houses will uh, generally do better than a condo. So if this is, again, a solution that allows you to keep that asset and to keep that um, that thing that is appreciating at a at a it's the, the highest and best use of your capital, so to speak, is to keep your capital in a single family home if you can. So that is, uh, that is the second solution there. Um, those are the two main ones I wanted to bring up. A couple other ones to consider to solve this um, issue of, of cash flow. Uh, one would be consider airbnb um, that extra room or those extra rooms in your house. Um, so Airbnb is obviously a, a fantastic tool for homeowners to get some extra income. So if you have a big house and you're not using this space and perhaps there's a way that you can separate one part of your house or uh, one room of your house or whatnot, I mean, Airbnb, you have the flexibility of, of putting up whatever amount of your house that you want, whether it's the whole house or part of the house or a room, um, and putting it up available at whatever price you want and whatever dates you want to make it available. So you have the option there to potentially earn some extra income from your property in your retirement years. Uh, it would be fairly easy to get an extra $1,000 a month. Let's say you rented a a place uh, for $100 a night, that's 10 nights a month. It wouldn't be too hard to, uh, to do something like that. It's an option to consider. 
And another one to consider is what some people have done is is what I like to call condoize your house. Condoize your house. So um, turn your house into that sort of condo lifestyle, low maintenance lifestyle by doing things like getting a professional property manager, um, having someone cut your grass, having someone shovel your snow, um, you know, just using services like uh, there's apps and things out there like uh, Jiffy On Demand where you can just simply push a button, boom, and and uh, this professional will come to your house and take care of, you know, whatever handyman or repairs or fix-it things that need to be done. Um, just simply, uh, um, you know, take take the uh, maintenance aspect out of owning owning a house out of it and sort of turn it into a condo. So instead of paying um, condo fees, uh, you're paying a little bit extra each month, you're condoizing sort of your own house and paying those fees towards um, making it a stress-free and friction-free and, and maintenance-free uh, property. So, you know, if you've got things you've been putting off, like uh, replacing your furnace, um, air conditioner, roof, um, you know, windows, doors, whatever it might be, do those things now. Um, consider doing those things now and making your home a maintenance-free home for the next 10 years so that you can have sort of a condo lifestyle within your own, your home for, um, you know, say the next 10 years or so. Okay, there you have it. That is, uh, wow, that podcast has gone on quite a bit longer than I expected, but um, a lot of, top, a lot of uh, ground we covered there. Hopefully you found some of this information useful and uh, maybe this is something that you can bring up at your next family dinner or gathering or whatever it might be uh, as the subject might come up with your family as it has often with mine. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, why don't you go ahead and share this with somebody or pass it along to somebody that you know who could benefit from it. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.